we're in the ready room and it's packed. And yet, sitting alone at a table in the center is Kai. A pad lays on the table in front of her. One of her elbows is on the table as well, her hand against her cheek while the other hand idly flips through quickly on the pad. Our camera rotates to look at the screen with her and we see picture after picture of a familiar looking red-haired Bajoran woman and Kai together. They're in close proximity. In some of the photos, they're touching, and in many, they're smiling. And that's when the doors to the ready room open, and I think another familiar face steps inside. Everly walks into the ready room, kind of grimaces upon entering. A packed ready room is not her favorite place to be. And then, as if she senses it, turns sees Kai sitting alone, big breath in, and just starts immediately walking towards her and approaches the table from an angle that Kai can see her coming in, so it's not a surprise, and stops in front of her and goes, uh, Lieutenant? Ensign. Um, and, uh, you can feel coming off of her is, as you approached, it was like there was this whirlpool of like sadness sort of in the center of the room and as you're you're showing up there's kind of surprise and you can feel that awkwardness as she you you would gather from her feelings isn't necessarily looking for company but it's kind of like you know split but she says um uh have a seat thank you um for the record normally i i wouldn't interrupt to you like this I it kind of looks like you want to be alone but I, I just wanted to say I am very sorry oh um you're, you're worried about the crystal still aren't you uh it's really no big deal um no um well okay so I am still a little worried about the crystal I feel really bad about that I'm not usually so klutzy, despite what people might think about me. I I promise I'm usually much more dexterous. Um, mm -mm, I'm getting off track. No, uh, Lieutenant, I... And I think this is when you notice that on the the pad, one of the pictures, it's definitely Kai. It's definitely what you've taken to think of as Ida, but they're outside in this picture. Okay, so in the, the, the mouth spinning that she's doing, because she's stalling, she also looks down and just sort of takes in information from from what she can glean and goes, uh, uh, yeah, uh, sorry, mm. Lieutenant, I can't not feel how badly you currently feel, and I wanted to make sure you were okay. I don't know exactly what's going on, and 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 you don't need to tell me. Like that's, that's not my business or place. Um, but you seem sad, Lieutenant, and I wanted to say I was sorry for that. Without that awkwardness or that desire for her to go away this time, Kai repeats, "Have a seat, Everly." Uh, she just sits down. I'm sorry about that moment. Back in my lab, I guess I forgot where I was for a moment. I she looks down at the at the pad and at the photo there. You you know I wasn't you know in in Starfleet for forever. I was working on the transport project before all this. Mm -hmm. I was engaged to uh, Doctor Ichawa. Dolan, she gestures at the red-haired woman. Ida is something that we created together in, um... Ah. That's weird, isn't it? I just never got around to changing those, uh, those visual parameters, or... I think... I think weird is a word everybody throws around a lot, but I don't think things are nearly as weird as everybody thinks they are. I don't think this is that weird. Maybe that's my own judgment upon myself. Uh, Rena 
shrugs at that and kind of slight smiles and is I can't help but know what a lot of folks are feeling all the time it's exhausting frankly <laughs> you'd think I'd be used to it I'm really not um, <laughs> but for what it's worth it's normal to want to hold on a little longer and to feel weird about it but I hate weird so 25th century can be like please find another word for weird I'm sorry to have intruded. No, I, I probably need to be talking about this. It's it's all been weighing on my mind the last couple of days, but I've been avoiding it. I think that's natural. Everly, may I ask? Hmm. Why are you here in Starfleet on this mission? Oh. 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 <laughs> I really thought you were going to ask me why I was in this room. Because, you know... I I did I did come in and then I spoke with you and that's why I came in here. I wanted to make sure we were okay. So I thought you were asking me why I was in this room. That's so silly. No, no, I'm So, I guess I've been asking myself that question. Why am I here in the Starfleet? I had other directions I could have gone. I had other possibilities and I went this way and other people went on a different path. Dolan went on a different path, and I, I received a letter from home, like a lot of people have, and um, my, uh, my little brother got married last year and um, just got word uh, he and his wife are expecting. Oh my goodness! That's such good news, Kai! Right? That is, it is it's it's great news it's fantastic news it's it's the next generation of my people it's an expansion of my family i'm gonna be somebody's aunt kai and yet there's that part of me that's asking if i hadn't taken this path if i had taken the other one would i be the one with that news now and and i don't i don't think it's so much about babies because i Frankly, I wouldn't know what to do with one, but I think I'm really asking myself at the end of the day if I did the right thing in choosing Starfleet over Dolan. So again, I ask Ensign, why are you here? Give me a, a new perspective. Give me that fresh, straight out of the academy. Well, in all honesty, and I don't think this is true anymore, but I think my why initially was very childish and I think I wanted to prove myself as good as my brother and I think I wanted to prove myself worthy of existing outside of my family's intended path for me and I think that I studied the way I did to prove that I could know more than anybody else around me. And I came here because I didn't know if there was anywhere better to help me run farther away. All of which is to say, my path so far has seemed one that I never got to make myself. And instead, was the most convenient one for me. But I find being on Endeavor and working with the crew and sitting here talking with you that my path is starting to change. And I think to look back and have regrets on what I chose or why I chose them doesn't negate the good direction my path is currently moving in. Or I hope the good direction. Oh boy, I really hope it's a good direction. <laughs> it feels like it is. We can each question our past and our past decisions all we want, but I guess at the end of the day, we don't know, and we can't know what lies ahead in the future. No. And honestly, Lieutenant, we can't know where those other paths went. Maybe you stayed and maybe you d did something... Uh, more domestic, but 
if you did that, where would we be here? What's Endeavor without Lieutenant Kai? There are other transwarp scientists. Eh, but they're not as fun. I took those classes, too. <laughs> Thank you. Maybe we both just need to stay on the path we're on and see what's further up the way. I also feel like, in addition to walking on that path, I definitely need a drink right now. And I avoided the bar at first. There were just a lot of people. It was like three deep. And you know what? I've got a solution. Stay right here. I'll go get us some drinks. I don't mind the crowd. Welcome to Endeavor Through the Maelstrom. We are a Star Trek Adventures actual play following the deep space mission of the USS Endeavor as it charts a new region of space several decades after the events of Star Trek Picard. I'm Brandon, your GM for this mission. This is Nicole, and I'll be playing Captain Varel. I'm Brad, and I play Commander Razum Mozafar. Hi everybody, I'm Christine, and I will be playing Lieutenant Kai. My name's Leah, and I'm playing Ensign Katarina Everly. Slice of Life, Part 4. Nicole and Brad, where would you go to have a conversation? My thought is probably the holodeck, but I'm going to let Mozafar pick the setting. I think that works. The two of you walk into the nearest holodeck. I'll say it's like holodeck 2 or something. Before you can even run a program, Shella Edis appears. Captain, I've been looking all over the ship for you. Can I have a moment of your time? <laughs> uh, you've got some timing. All right, let, let me put it this way. Mozavar, do you mind if we have an audience, or do you want me to handle this first? I can wait a few minutes. You set up a program that makes you feel comfortable. I'll handle this, and I'll be back in a bit. All right, Edith. I guess you're following me this time, and she'll turn around and walk towards another location. I was actually wondering, what does the Transwarp Tachyon Emitter Control Room look like? It would be somewhere near the fore of the primary hull, and it's probably several consoles up near a railing overlooking complicated machinery. Does it have a very cool green glow to it? Almost certainly. Then that is where I want to be. Kai's lab is probably somewhere near there because that's her baby. That's the thing she helped design and stuff. The captain is, is bringing Edis here as a, as a something of an olive branch. Here's the centerpiece to Endeavor's story kind of a thing. You walk into the room. Lights come on as you enter. The transwarp system is in an engineering bay. There are consoles and safety railings overlooking like several large units of humming machinery. There's kind of a faint green glow around it, but of course they're they're mostly covered in plating so that it's not a lot of like bare tachyon projectors. I guess in my brain it's kind of like a greener version of the NXO1's engine room, with the warp core being horizontal instead of vertical. I'm I'm down with that. Yeah, that sounds cool. Maybe like that water effect, like you're in an aquarium for oh, yeah. some reason. Totally. Absolutely. Ah, the control bay for the 
Transwarp Tunneler, isn't it? That's right. This is... Well, I guess this is the reason you're out here, isn't it? It's certainly part of it. The fact that Endeavor is state-of-the-art and able to go, as they say, where no one has gone before, is a significant part of the reason why I am here at all. Of course, Starfleet doesn't need me to have specialists talk about the engineering marvels that exist on this ship. I happen to know that there's quite a library of your own Lieutenant Kai's academy lectures. The fact of the matter is, none of us would be here if it weren't for Kai. You know, we grew up together. We spent a lot of time stargazing, and we used to make up names for our own constellations and dream about taking those steps further. So, in a lot of ways, Kai's responsible for getting this ship out here. I'm just trying to make sure it gets back. It must be difficult having someone you're so close to under your command. I consider it an asset. I admit I wish I had had more opportunity to spend time with Lieutenant Kai, but she's been quite occupied since I've been here. And that hologram she has keeps giving me dirty looks whenever I'm in their lab. <laughs> Don't mind that. It's just a natural part of the programming. The thing about it is a captain also needs to have a friend. There's no one else that I would feel comfortable sharing my thoughts as frankly with. But she is also a part of my crew, and I've never had any problems combining those two. I've read more than a few captain's autobiographies that have said that such a luxury as having a friend on your crew is, how to put this delicately, risky. Reading biographies is uh, one of my personal hobbies as well, and there are a lot of captains I could name who wouldn't have gotten through the hardest times if they didn't have that one person they could count on. Kirk needed Spock. Janeway needed Chakotay. I was thinking Tuvok myself, but... Yes, I suppose they both get um, more than a few accolades in the Admiral's memoirs. Captain, I may have started digging into some of your business in a way that was not entirely appropriate. Oh, that's not a problem. You're our guest here, and I have a funny way of showing that sometimes, but you're here to do a job, and I'm not going to stop you from doing it. Captain, I do believe that my purpose is to get a full picture of this mission. I didn't agree to a propaganda piece for Starfleet to use to show that everything is great all the time, nor do I want to highlight only the faults. This is all somewhat getting to say. I asked some of your senior staff about the decision you made regarding the swarm, the decision to leave. And, well, suffice to say, your crew believes in you. And though I recognize that not everybody would agree with your decision, I can't necessarily say that I find fault in it after hearing others who were there talk about it. Captains don't always like to show any weaknesses, especially in front of their crew. But that doesn't mean making choices that affect millions of lives is ever going to be easy. It was quite a learning experience. And I know that it's always going to be discussed pros and cons and what could we have done or what can we do next. But we're just going to be out here exploring and every day that we learn something new is going to be a win in my book. Quite the quote. As you're probably aware, my program is scheduled to transmit back to Starfleet in about six hours. I'll be compiling my material. We look forward to hearing your piece. And I look forward to being able to share it with you. I really have enjoyed my time aboard the Endeavor, Captain. Despite the occasional cold shoulder, in some ways I envy you. And then he vanishes. And I think as Verity turns around and leaves to go back to the holodeck... Uh, our camera pans down like below one of the railings and like to the 
lower section of the transwarp tunneler where we see Kai, who was working on one of the systems, just stopped what she's doing and listening. What program is Mozafar running, Brad? Oh, I don't know. Seven Summarize sounds like a good program for running. That sounds fun. So, like, empty streets. There's definitely a, a breeze blowing through. And maybe some soft, chiming music in the back. And then she's just going to straight up come, like, running in and throw the first punch right at okay. Mozafar. All right. You both need to make a daring security. All right. Higher total successes wins. Okay, so daring 11, security 5. So 16 or better, and a focus in hand-to-hand combat. Yep, that'll count. <laughs> Which most of our does not have this. <laughs> have a daring of 8 and a security of 3. Okay, no, I didn't get my focus to apply, but I did roll a one. Uh-huh. So I've got a six and a one, so that's three successes. And I only have one. I have a five and an 18. Verity lands a hit. Brad, describe how you take this punch. I had risen to block the punch. But I guess what ends up happening is since you jumped up, you actually land a kick in my gut, which takes me backwards and five or six steps. I'm like, ugh. Just knocks me back onto my knee and I look back up at you. I'm sorry for saying what I did about Kowalski. So it's my turn to return the try to return the blow, I guess, eh? Mm-hmm. So do we roll another one here? So I'm gonna if if you're going to come at, at the captain with a, a melee attack. Yeah, I'm going to come at the captain with a melee attack. So I think I'm actually going to go in for a leg sweep. All right. Daring security. I, I had just one success. So I have one success also with a four. So going through this, I say, and I'm sorry for being an idiot. Neither of you are able to get past the other's guard for a moment. I think we're just going to lock in place for a second. As I'm trying to like push him hard down, I'm going to say, he died before I found out that he rejected my promotion to captain. Which shocks me. His jaw sort of drops a little bit, and I think he's going to give way and see if he can roll the captain over and over the top of pushing him down since we're still fighting. One success. Oh, two successes. Six and a nine. Ah. <laughs> All right, I think you just succeed in, like, tripping me over. So now, like, I hit hard, and I think we're both, like, just flat on our backs on the ground. That's horrible. I thought he had my back, Brasm. I I thought that he, out of everyone, I mean, he he kept me on when so many people denied my transfer request. I, I was the only ship that I could serve on. I see how you would feel betrayed. And he never told me either. I'm sorry. It's just what happened. And he got you into Starfleet. He pushed for you. I know I don't know why he didn't push for me. I do want to remember the good things about him. And she will sort of like sit up and, and dust dust herself off and then turn around and offer her hand out to help him up. Yeah, he reaches up and takes your hand and says, I don't know what he was thinking when he did that, but I see a lot of promise in you. And believe it or not, I do admire you. So gotten around what you did down in engineering. I approve. Don't put me on a pedestal. At the end of the day, I'm still going to be 
just a Romulan captain and you're still going to be a punk Orion first officer. You better believe it. All right, and then she'll hit him again. She'll keep keep hold of your arm and then just like, so two successes, so like toss you over the yeah, shoulder. See, I'm not even going to roll on that one. <laughs> Uh, in Kai's lab, we have determined that this thing was not used for transportation purposes. Yep. So now I think we're going to pursue whether or not these are sensor outposts. So yeah, who wants to have a character there? I think we all do. I don't know who would have. All the blues. All the all the blues. So I assume, Nicole, you'll be Sadar again. Kadar. Kadar. Leah, are you gonna you wanna bring back in Lieutenant Kalen, the Andorian? Yeah, I'll play Kalen. They have not been used this mission, so you get to add a something to them. Ooh, a something. A focus. Value. A focus, a talent. value, a t- yeah. Uh, or I think a attribute point or a discipline point. But there are a limit on how many times you can do those things. Uh, okay. I'll look up a talent, maybe. Uh, for the record, audience, since uh, I forgot to mention it earlier, when Nadon was uh, evoked, uh, I did give her a value appropriate to the situation. They're more like guidelines than regulations. <laughs> uh, cool. And Brad, who would you like to have in the scene? I want someone, but I'm not sure who to bring. We have Lieutenant Sandan, who's been mentioned and never appeared yet, I don't think. Sandan has been mentioned as um, one, essentially one of the people Kai's turned the science department over to when she's been on an away mission. They're a non-binary Denobulan, as uh, was the intention, but can also be taken other directions. And the Denobulans are the... uh... Like Dr. Flux from Enterprise. So usually very energetic and warm people. So that's a character that has been mentioned, but hasn't actually been like portrayed. We can, of course, make another one. That's also within the system. Throw a new science character together with the base stats. I mean, of course, we can also just have like Mozafar show up to see how things are shaken. Because he could actually help with some of the commanding skills. Oh, yeah, he's not good at science. He's only a one in science. Yeah, I I think having Mozafar in the room for the discussion is fine. I think, frankly, three science characters are gonna already going to blow this away, especially since I'm probably going to burn determination here. Okay, so we will pop into Kai's lab as um, sometime after the previous scene, Mozafar walks in, I assume, back in uniform to find Lieutenants Kalen and Kadar and Kai. Um, oh, they're all... All the, all the well, Kadar <laughs> has a C, but it, it's the same. It's the same phonetically. Oh, thank God! <laughs> I'm sorry, uh, Lieutenant Sondin. We need to change your name to something appropriate for our department. Kasan, yeah, it's a it's a silent K. <laughs> yes, everyone is there, talking about which thing to try next. So, Kai, take it away. I think our next uh, next area to research our whether or not these are sensor outposts. We've got all of the telltale markings, they're gathering data. Could be these are all part of a larger network and that's why they're exchanging information. That's uh, that's my guess at this point. What these are we talking about? Uh, Kai is basically uh, postulating there that there might be more than two of them. We just are currently only aware of the two. So our other two options, if somebody feels smart, strong, more strongly about one of those, are computer backup and space scarecrow. I don't even want to know who suggested the scarecrow, personally. I, I, I kind of love it. I, I love Leah throwing shade at Leah. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot I suggested it, to be completely honest. Or named it, whatever. Actually, I guess, I guess maybe it was... Uh... The, the journalist may have suggested the, the, it. The phrase space scarecrow was... Came out of my mouth, yeah. That was Everly's fault, so... I still think sensor outpost is the next thing to try. I think that sounds reasonable. Oh, I'm sorry. 
Continue. Command supports me. Uh, Commander, don't touch that. That's... Uh, (laughs) Uh, Oh, no. Sorry. Uh, There. Yeah. Okay, so if we're in agreement, let's uh, let's do a roll for sensor outpost, Brandon. So, again, difficulty was four, still five because of the crystal, to science and uh, reason. I have two potential values I want to try to justify one of them so I can burn my determination that I've been holding on to. So the first one, and this mostly because this feels very appropriate to overall Kai's journey so far this episode, to recommend is the only way to know yourself is to know others, because we're researching another species technology, trying to understand them, looking through data, etc. Yes, I would accept that. Okay, then I will spend it for the automatic two successes. And then I'm pretty sure I've done a sensors roll already this uh, mission. So I have testing a theory working. And just to try to completely blow it out of the water, uh, I'm going to give you two threat. Okay. Question, how much momentum do we have right now? Three. Would you like me to use my executor, executive officer effect? I would spend three momentum and it would give you your determination back immediately. But I think she can only use it once. No, I can only use it once, but the, the thing is, if we're wrong about this, that means I could turn around and use it again for another. Ooh, that would be really cool. I'm personally down okay. with that, because I think I'm going to generate a bunch of momentum on this anyway. Yeah. Because I'm going overboard. It'd be nice to be there, and I, I, I got it in front of me seeing what it does. <laughs> good, good job, Brad. I'm proud of you. I'm going to go and re-roll that success, see if I can make it two. I did. Sometimes it pays off. Dang, I don't have a, I don't have a focus to apply here. This is terrible. Is it terrible? Yeah, because I had a four and a two. Uh, okay, it's not terrible. It's yeah. just kind of a bummer. It's a bummer. I Look, <laughs> I, want, I wanted to be able to turn to Brandon and go, eight successes. But now I can only say six. Darn. Well, you can have one more, because I succeeded. Seven. And got one, one from Kadar. There you go. So there's the eight. Eight successes, go. Brandon. <laughs> but now I'll always know it could have been ten. Under the watchful eye of Commander Mozafar, Lieutenants Kai, Kalen, and Kadar all get to work examining data, simulating some stuff, you know, doing science things, wa- waving around blinky props. Indeed, you've confirmed that this outpost on the planet does indeed look like it was one of a set of monitoring stations. Although it looks like it's lost contact with all of the others for some reason. Hit me with uses for your three momentum, I guess, actually. All right, I got a thought. And this would be a plot thought kind of thing. So uh, Brandon, you're welcome to take this or not. What if we spend some of that momentum to where we're able to get from these crystals kind of a an idea or set of coordinates for where some of these other stations were. I can accept that. Like, as in things we could follow up on. Uh, that feels kind of like a style of advantage to me, so that's probably two of them. I'm just going to call that a gather information that I'll just ask for two for because it's big, <laughs> if that sounds fair. Yeah, that sounds fair to me, and I'll have one more question after we're done resolving this too. Uh, are able to I'll say that this was probably I bet this was Kaylin because she's the physicist extrapolated the data to determine that the other outposts in the network were on other planets in this system reminder you have not seen a star or any other planets okay that would explain why they lost contact interesting we're missing planets and stars, apparently. <laughs> oh, right, because this planet was rogue planet. I think I'm still going to ask this question since we're looking at these data crystals, and I think this would rule something out for later, because I, I think figuring out where the planet came from is a different kind of role than this. So my last question is, what was the network studying? So I'm kind of interested in, were they looking outward or inward to the system? The network was monitoring the function of the ring and making sure that its operation was within certain parameters. 
Okay, which we still don't know what that does. So the three kinds of data that it seems the outposts were gathering from the ring were gravimetric stability of the ring itself, the energy that the ring was collecting, and the ring's temperature. Ah, dunk. Was it an artificial star? I don't have any momentum. I can't I can't know that. But I think it, I think it's one of those moments where that thought occurs to Kai and she like lo- looks around and goes, uh, I'll be on the bridge. I need to uh to check something. And very uh ungracefully and against uh, regulation, she's going to run up to the bridge. Cut to the bridge where the turbolift door opens and Tarek just barely sidesteps Kai dashing onto the bridge. And I think it's one of those things where we have another science officer uh, on, on duty already. Maybe that's where Sondon's been. And, uh, and Kai just goes, uh, uh, don't get up. I just need to check something quickly. This isn't the first time this has happened. He sits there awkwardly hoping that he will be included instead of just mentioned. Oh, <laughs> bless him. That, that, them, them. Oh, sorry. They sit there hoping. As Kai starts to bring up the, the main sensor array... I uh, just need to take a closer look at that uh, that ring. Use your your determination that you were given. All right, I'm gonna try to give that a more detailed scan and see uh, if I can determine whether or not that was an artificial star, which is what her current running theory is. This feels like a slightly more insighty thing to me, given that this is kind of an epiphany. So give me a science insight. Uh, assisted by the ship's sensors science. Since Mozafar gave me back my determination, I would like to turn around and spend it for the one value that hasn't come up this entire time. I was wondering when would be a good time for it to pop up, but this seems like the most appropriate, which is the universe is a wonderful place. Sorry, a wondrous place. All right. And uh, as always, Brandon, I'm going to give you some threat. <laughs> going to take two. He's going to it's gonna blow up the damn it's ship. It's gonna be two because my testing a theory already applies since it's sensors. Yeah, I get to I get to just blow up the ship if I have uh, eighteen threat. That's, that's how the many rules. how many are you at? Are you at eighteen? Sixteen. Sixteen. Okay. So, well, whew, <laughs> you know. I'm glad I didn't give you three more for the <laughs> fifth die. Uh, you do have one success from the ship. I needed thirteen and I got twelve. So I didn't even ask what my difficulty was. I got so excited. Oh, uh, three. Okay, well, I blew it out of the water. Yeah, I knew when I said it that probably wasn't high enough. Science 13 or lower. Yep, everything's, uh, I have a five, a six, a 10, and 11. So that's four successes there. Two more for my determination, one for the ship, seven successes. Yeah, you succeed. The ring is not part of an artificial star. I've got four momentum, though. Could I, could the question, what does it do, get answered? Yes. And actually, that'll be first my free science officer question since I was assisted by the ship, since as I remember to use my special ability. The ring is not part of an artificial star. It appears to be a extremely complex solar energy collection system designed to encircle a star. No. Oh. Oh, that's kind of messed up. And eat it? Oh my gosh. Wait, that makes sense. <laughs> so, okay, I got five momentum here. Let's just go crazy. It's science. My question is, what did what did they do with the power? They appear to have shunted it into subspace, and that's why there's a ton of subspace anomalies around here. Why did they shunt it into subspace? They felt like it. I don't know if that's determinable. I don't know either. I'm just like, that. that's where my brain goes like, okay, why? What's the, the point there? They're not making conduits. What are they doing? Look, societies need power. I mean, this is the second megastructure you have found that shunts solar energy into subspace. Okay, so now, he, okay, yeah, all right, I got four momentum still, though. Uh, I, got, I, got, I got angles here. Are there any signs that, that the creators of this swarm technology... Do you want to talk things out to us as a group and then figure out the questions? Okay, then question to the... My next idea to the group is 
do the creators of this technology originate from some space? We know that, that such species survive, and I'm wondering if they're coming out and using our stuff to bring energy back to them. I'm, I'm fine with that as a question. Do the creators of this technology originate from subspace? Yes. Oh! Okay, we potentially have three more questions. What else do we got? I was just wondering if the technology was the cause of the destruction of the star and the rest of the solar system. I, I think that's almost a given, but at the same time, we basically can get confirmation off of some of these here supposed to guessing. So I think that's fair given we've got so many. I want to focus more on if there's information we can act upon. Well, we have a general idea of where the subspace signal came from back at the swarm, right? Yes. We know it came from subspace. We have a general direction from which it came. And if we could figure out the general direction for this one came, maybe we could use two lines through space to connect to a origination dot. Or is there a uh, like a pattern we can recognize for this type of energy transfer that we can then yeah. search for? Yeah, and may, also might be one of those things where we don't have enough data yet, but it could help piece that together, essentially triangulation eventually. Yeah. Would that be a fair use of momentum, Brandon? Yeah. All right, let's, uh, let's gather some more tracking data then. Kai sets about getting some sensor sweeps arranged start some simulations of Kai does a lot of things to just kind of churn through some data and figure things out. Okay. The ship's computer informs Kai full analysis will take several hours of processing time. I, I think, okay. So, so we, we now in the audience knows what's going on, but I think for the, the benefit of the characters, we can have a moment where Kai's been working for however many hours and finally, this sort of like looks up where like Mozafar's rejoined on the bridge and Verity's been waiting. And Kai's like, subspace aliens, solar energy collection. I, we should do a briefing at some point. That sounds wild, says instantly. <laughs> Love that guy. When I think of Starfleet, I think of people who couldn't be bothered to stay home, to find a place on a nice planet somewhere, among their family perhaps. I think, why, why would you want to see yet another new star scan another gaseous cloud? And I think of the titular Ulysses from Tennyson's poem, so desperate to go back to sea even after he had finally reached Ithaca. We open up on Kai, seated at her desk. The, the lab seems strangely empty, without Ida around and without the elaborate crystal display in the back. And as she's watching that progress bar, she then goes ahead and like minimizes it for a moment, sits up a little bit straighter, and says, Computer, begin letter for the Kuraya 4 colony. Relic, it's good to hear from you. Congratulations to you and Eliza on the baby. I can't begin to tell you how excited I am to spoil that child. If you think dad is bad, just you wait. The truth is, I'm a little bit envious, but I wouldn't give up the things I'm seeing or the work I'm doing for anything. So you tell that child about their Aunt Kai and uh, I'll be back to see them at the first opportunity. I miss you even as annoying as you are, little brother. Love, Kai. End letter, mark for sending. We see her lean back in her chair for a moment and smile. Computer, open visual parameters for the interactive database and assistant hologram. I think it's time we let go of a few things. But the crew of Endeavor has shown me it's not a distaste for home that drives people all the way out here to the frontiers. If anything, it's a very deep and significant connection. True, there are those who just do not wish to stay in one place for any amount of time. But for many, they are not just out here exploring star systems or upholding Federation law and political interests. 
They're searching for something within themselves. I think what you see is that uh, we're actually in Mozafar's quarters, which are pretty posh, by the way. Pillows and sheets and fabrics. And, and you see the uh, letter is in the trash, and he's finishing up. And looking over his shoulder, you can see that it says, Thank you, lords, but my family is here in Starfleet. Signed, Razum Kolwaski. The crucible of deep space teaches us things we never would have learned about our values, challenges our preconceptions, pushes us towards being complete, fully formed beings. And for some, Starfleet is the only way they know how to be. It's the only way they know how to understand who they are. Pan through Tarek's quarters. He has some like meditation candles and stuff around. And is sitting at his desk. Everything is very well kept in his quarters as well as everywhere else that he works. He is playing Kalto, but looks distracted as he considers his next move. And then he turns and picks up a pad that was on the desk and considers it, taps a few keys on the pad and sets it down again and goes back to his game. And the camera pans around such that we can see on the pad a leave request from him to the captain. I used to think of Starfleet as the sort of officers that Starfleet will put on academy recruitment pamphlets all neat uniforms, practiced smiles, spotless records. But now I prefer to think of the crew of Endeavor. I think uh, you see Locke in some corner of engineering somewhere and he's just speaking into like a little dictation pad. If the camera can see over his shoulder it reads um, addressed to Admiral Locke and he starts out uh, hey, Mom. So I didn't hear from you. I'm sure you were just too busy um, to write, but I wanted to let you know things are going really well here. And then it sort of trails off. Her captain is infuriating at times, capricious to an almost malicious degree, and... Heaven forbid that anything happened to that Vulcan chief of security because his second-in-command is a character. They're a mess, but I also see myself in them. I think we all could. As the poem goes, And though we are not now that strength which in old days moved earth and heaven, that which we are, we are. One equal temper of heroic hearts, made weak by time and fate, but strong in will to strive, to seek, to find, and not to yield. I'd say she's in quarters, is out of, like, doing that half out of uniform, got the jacket off, whatever, and is futzing in the mirror with her bangs and, like, seems resigned to them and, like, maybe kind of liking them a little bit. Takes a deep breath and goes back to sort of, like, the little desk that's in there to look at the the pad where she has previously dictated a letter on and then I suppose for this, technically it's like full-on Meredith Grey narration because it's already written, but she's just reviewing what she wrote. Uh, so it it kind of sounds like this. So I suppose this is a long time coming. And not my response to your letter. I, I just received it. I wouldn't hold on to it, but I mean my explanation for my whereabouts for the record, I didn't intend to hop on the first ship out of the galaxy. Separacolo, you have to understand. I had to get away. I couldn't grieve around you two. I couldn't even tell if the grief I was feeling was my own. So, I left. And I wasn't lying when I said that I needed time, but I also needed to live my life and to walk my own path and I've found that my path was always meant to lead here 
I am a Starfleet officer and I'm getting to be a pretty good one. In another universe, I'd be telling you about the first contact that I helped facilitate. But we're in this universe and this is this letter. And here's what I need you both to understand. I may have joined the Academy to prove I, too, could be a child you could be proud of. And I may have gotten commissioned because I admired Costa in his really cool career. And I may have gotten on my first ship because I wanted to run from the pretty pedestal that you made me pose on in front of crowds for my whole life. But I'm at a point where my place on my ship and with my crew isn't for anyone. It's for me. Sagapo, signomi, but I'm not coming back. And she puts the pad down and is resigned to what she's written. Thank you for listening to this episode of Endeavor Through the Maelstrom. If you like the show, rate, share, and subscribe through your podcast vendor of choice. You can also find us on Twitter as at Endeavor Show. That's E-N-D-E-A-V-O-U-R-S-H-O-W. And you can find me on Twitter at Blue of the Ken. You can find me online at Twelfth Night. That's one, two, T-H, and night with a K. You can find Brandon and me discovering the ways of the Force on Heroes of the Hydean Way, a Star Wars actual play podcast at thehydeanway.com or at thehydeanway on Twitter. And if you like Vikings and Norse mythology, check out another one of my shows, a Dungeons and Dragons 5e Midgard podcast, Omens Call, which can be found at Omens Call Pod on Twitter or at omenscall.com. Thanks for listening, y'all. You can find me on all the socials at Leah617. Usually I'm on Twitter, RT and stuff that makes me laugh. Come say hi there. You can also check out mischiefmedia.com for the other nerdy podcasts that I currently produce or uh, host. And you can find me, Brad, on Twitter at MacinEbedy1. That's M-A-C-H-I-N-E-B-E-D-E number one. My Twitter is at CompleteNictory. You can find other projects I'm involved in at CompleteNight.com. That's C-O-M-P-L-E-T-E-K-N-I-G-H-T dot com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you out there.